0: So you guys like take this seriously and shit.
1: It doesn't, it doesn't sound as though we take it seriously. That was a joke. <laughs> like your face.
0: No, no. <laughs> you turned it around on me. Oh, is it time?
1: <laughs> okay, the other thing is you don't actually mention the cues that I give.
0: Okay. <laughs> Welcome to Prefer Not To, your weekly sometime cocktail hour, always cocktail hour. <laughs> I am your host, Laura. I am not Josh or Kate. I am here for a special guest appearance this week.
1: Uh, every week, Kate and I, and not my wife, Laura, have a cocktail, render a verdict on it, watch some movies, talk about them, look at us magazine. It's on your way all in less than an hour. How's things? Thingin'. What, what on earth things does that Things are mean? thingin'. What are we drinking this week?
2: We are having tequila sunrises this week.
1: Uh, It is a lovely beverage to look at.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to post pictures and show notes because I'm really proud of my bartending skills. It looks very much like a sunrise. And that is where the name comes from. Sort of. You don't say. (laughs) So the tequila sunrise is four parts orange juice, two parts white tequila. God help you if you don't use white tequila, apparently. And half a part of grenadine, garnished with an orange slice or maraschino cherry, depending on your preference. Some variations also use uh, maraschino or cherry liqueur.
1: Which we have a surplus of from our, what drink was that? Mary Pickford? Mary Pickford's, yeah.
2: Was that Mary Pickford? Mm-hmm. Okay. There are a few origin stories with the tequila sunrise. Mm-hmm. One, as... it
1: was bitten by an irradiated sunrise.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely, and then it gained superpowers. Mm-hmm. And now it lives to fight another day and... Fights against injustice in well, and metropolis.
1: Goes without saying.
2: So there's a few origin stories like most cocktails with the Tequila Sunrise. One suggests that it was created by Gene Suleit, a bartender at the Arizona Biltmore in the nineteen hundreds. The famed Arizona Arizona Biltmore is in Phoenix. It was then Is the
1: name of it the famed like they built famed into it? No,
2: no, no. It's the Arizona Arizona Biltmore, but it's, you know, infamous for So because you,
1: know, you know, Hector's here in town before it burned down. Mm-hmm built in 1969. The sign said Hector's
2: <laughs>
1: Hector's famous since 1969, which by dint of having a sign that asserted that they became so it was like a sign that fulfilled its own prophecy.
2: Yeah, it's clever. It was uh when Mr. Sulit supposedly invented it, the Tequila Sunrise was made of Creme de cassis, lime juice, club soda, and tequila, which I think sounds gross, but I think Laura would
1: love. I think it sounds tasty. It's got I a don't lo-
0: think it's got enough bubbles in it for me to like it. Club soda. Oh, but I guess that counts. And it's- sweet and bubbly. Creme de cassis
1: is really sweet. Remember you liked when we had the Kir um, Royale, which was champagne and creme de cassis?
0: Maybe? I, that was a long time ago. I don't remember. We usually share This is of-
1: actually an intervention. <laughs>
2: Laura, there's a couple people here who just care about you a whole heck of a lot.
1: And we're afraid of losing you.
2: We just care about you so darn much. We're just
1: going to say what we're going to say, you're going to say what you're going to say, and then we'll be on our way.
0: Is this where I storm out? Uh, yeah, basically. Right. You have you to unclip your then, mic. Then
1: you go outside in your flip-flops, and you smoke a cigarette on the fire escape.
2: And yell to the camera.
1: Right, and then he goes out, and uh, and then... Talks. What, what's the guy? Jeff. Jeff, Jeff goes yeah. out. Then Jeff goes out. He has a cigarette with you. He talks about when he was a souse, and then you fly off to Arizona.
2: Well, I guess Arizona's
1: not bad. Where they invented the tequila sunrise.
2: Or so they say. Uh, the more common origin story actually dates or says that it was created at the Agua Caliente in Tijuana, Mexico, uh, which is a famous gambling casino resort destination. Following prohibition there was a growing tourist industry horse racing and gambling was particularly popular there and as the legend goes and
1: donkey a- shows
2: <laughs> those two, I mean that that that's what horse racing really means getting-
1: <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> <laughs> who's the competition in that the audience. <laughs> like, like it's a dare, like how long yeah, you can like stay. Yeah, like how
2: long you can stare? at. It's like a car wreck. Anyway, the legend goes a bartender created the tequila sunrise as a hangover cure for people who had perhaps indulged too much the night before or who were trying to uh, soothe their gambling, their regrets of gambling so, their money away. So at what
1: point in the history of making cocktails did someone suggest as a hangover cure drinking fewer cocktails?
0: I don't think that's happened yet.
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a little TM on it. Drinking drink fewer cocktails, says the cocktail podcast host.
2: Well, I think that it's interesting that certain cocktails are now marketed as hangover cures.
1: By the way, let me butt in here, give you our standard disclaimers. Ah. Uh, Standard disclaimer number one, Kate and I will likely mangle your favorite drink. But since we have Laura here, who is much better at everything in life, it's it's unlikely that we have mangled the tequila sunrise. Bear with us. Neither of us is a cocktail expert. We are on this excursion along with you to learn about the joys of mixing drinks. Second standard disclaimer, alcoholism is a serious disease like scabies or gout. You don't have to drink to enjoy the show. In fact, it probably won't help. Anyhow, you were saying
2: I was saying that there was also a boom in the tequila and tequila based drinks in the tequila industry in the nineteen mm-hmm. seventies. So kind of a
1: yacht rock type thing. It
2: may have been invented there and or switched from the traditional Arizona, the traditional Arizona recipe to the one that we know today, which is made mostly of grenadine, orange juice, and tequila. Of course, there was also the uh, 1973 hit song by the Eagles Mm -hmm. titled Tequila Sunrise. And there was a movie in 1988. King Don. Starring Michelle Pfeiffer and Mo Gibson. It's
1: the official drink of Henley Island. You can only drink tequila sunrises. Is that
2: like when you go to Margaritaville? They christen boats.
1: They christen boats for the regatta, the Mm -hmm. Henley Island regatta, with tequila sunrises. The witchy woman does it.
0: Can you bottle a tequila sunrise?
1: I bet, you know, I bet someone has. I bet – because, you know, one thing that we've learned making this show, Laura, is that even as the simplest drink in the world, someone has tried to mix it pre-mixed and sell that at a premium.
0: Well, you can buy mimosas in a can at the grocery store, so I guess that's
1: – Yeah.
2: I'm thinking you, it yeah. would be like getting a margarita. You just get a margarita mix and tequila instead of just making your own damn Alcohol margarita. is in it. Yes. So there's also a movie in 1988 starring Michelle Pfeiffer and Mel Gibson, also entitled Tequila Sunrise, which I've always thought was silly. Like, I buy that the song kind of led to a resurgence, much like, you know, Pina Colada Mm -hmm. or Margaritaville. But the narrator in the song Tequila Sunrise is probably hung over the next morning after doing a lot of shots of tequila.
1: Well, but there's also, I mean, like you and I were talking about the Steely Dan song with the Cuervo Gold in it, although this is Cuervo White. but uh, God
2: help you if you use Cuervo Gold, Laura. Uh,
0: Okay, I promise.
1: You completely lost my track. I went to Steely Dan and then you made me laugh, which is quite a feat going from something I hate. I
2: make you laugh all the time. How does it it taste, Josh? Uh, It's not
1: bad. It tastes like a screwdriver, though. It's just orange juice with hooch in it.
2: Oh, that's something else I wanted to point out. This is actually one of the few cocktails we've done on the show, maybe one of three, that doesn't actually require to be... Shaken mm. in a in a mixer or a strainer, you literally just put the ice in, and then the tequila, and then the orange juice. You spoon that around, and then you dribble the grenadine on the edge so that it right. floats to the bottom, and then hence the color looks like a sunrise. God help you if you <laughs> stir re- it.
1: <laughs> uh, well, you can't you can't shake any of the ones with bubbles. So like any of your Ricky's or your Tom Collins. Well, the Tom Collins doesn't have bubbles, does it? or does it? So, it does, it?
2: but. Usually, that's why you add it last. This is kind of right. like how you, you stir it and then you add the grenadine.
1: Yeah. Also, I wanted to mention we couldn't do the movie Tequila Sunrise this week because it, in fact, did not uh, open at number one. It was never number one. The, it's a Robert Town movie. You know, Robert Town, he wrote Ch- uh, Chinatown. Hmm. He's a famed script doctor. But uh, it opened uh, behind, this is December 4th, 1988, Naked Gun from the Files of Police Squad! Oh, God. That's the first one, right? That's the first one. That one's not so bad, although I like the TV show better. but
0: I didn't know there was a TV show.
1: Yeah, that's why it's from the files of Police Squad. Uh... And the, the difference between the show and the movies is that the show was all done completely deadpan. I mean, it was a joke. It was all a parody, but there wasn't like a lot of like, oh, guys getting hit in the nuts and stuff. This it was too bad
0: people can't see that face.
1: <laughs> right. It was much more of a straight parody along the lines of like Black Dynamite. So, And it was shot and photographed like a, a we can find it somewhere. Oh, yes, I will have yeah. a sip. So, Laura, what do you think? Laura's here because... Why not? Laura is my wife. I don't know if we mentioned we that. We have. Okay. It
0: needs bubbles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Would you drink it if it had bubbles?
0: Probably, but, but I'd probably drink something else that had bubbles
1: in it So, explain first. us your philosophy on, on cocktails. Because, you know, as the, you're new to the show, explain to the listeners your philosophy on cocktails.
0: Uh, I guess my philosophy on cocktails is that I'm not really a big booze drinker to begin with. So, what I really like... Uh, are are soft drinks so if i can have my booze taste like sprite uh that's what i'd like to have
2: i think laura's favorite drink is a, a cuba Libre. would you say that's accurate
0: um, maybe. I really like, uh, I'd say right now I'm more into things with gin and serum and Sprite. sprite So like
1: our gin like rickies that. or the, uh, the, the sea breeze that we made, the sea mist that done. Yes, for you. Yes, that you I made very the very sea much.
2: Mist. Yeah, the, we're going to be doing gin rickies at some point in the future when it gets a little Although bit Although we did
1: warmer. Tom Collins's, which is essentially the same thing. Yeah,
2: but I wanted to delve into the, uh, the yes, and g- I wanted to delve into the ricky slash uh, fizz divide.
0: Okay. Okay. They're two
2: different families. It's very, they rumble? No. It's like, it's like one has lemon in it and the other one has lime. Maria.
1: My wife likes show tunes. Hey, you want to do our movies? Yeah. All right. Kate and I, every week, uh, are taking a tour through the movies that were number one in America at least once during our lifetimes. Astute listeners of the show will know we used to randomly select them, but we have grown in confidence in our own judgment as to which movies we want to do on the show.
2: And we've seen far too many Robin Williams movies at this point to to stomach another.
1: So we've decided to choose movies on our own. This week, what did we watch, Kate?
2: This week was 70s themed, Josh. We watched 1974. Uh, did people always
1: have things in their throat in the 70s? Why did you.
2: I'm just doing a voice. We watched uh, 1974's Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, right? And 19.
1: Possibly Crazy
2: Mary, Dirty Larry. Wait, yeah. And we also watched 1976's To the Devil, a Daughter starring Christopher Lee.
1: So the theme of this week's show is movies whose title need a comma but don't have one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You want to go first?
2: Well, did you...
1: You were going to do To the Devil a Daughter, I think, first, right?
2: Uh, but you we want sw- me to go sw- first? No, you go first with Devil to a Daughter because you told me to do Dirty Mary Crazy Larry. And no,
1: I, told I I told we... it the other way.
2: Oh, no, did you both prepare the same movie?
1: And Yeah, I know. I sold my movie to buy her a movie clip. Which one do you want me to do or do you want me to do both of them?
2: I'll do, it fine, I'll do it To the Devil, a Daughter.
1: you going to do that now? Okay. okay.
2: I
0: would help so, with this, but I didn't watch that first one, and I didn't pay attention
2: to the second one. So, uh, we watched 1976's To the Devil, a Daughter. Should have been titled To the Devil, comma, a Daughter. Right.
1: Because we were giving the devil... A Daughter. A Daughter.
2: So, uh, this movie starred Christopher Lee, Richard Widmark, Natasha Kinsky. or is it Natasia? It's Nastasia. Nastasia Kinsky. And uh, Denholm Elliott.
1: If you are age 35 or older, you may remember Nastassia Kinski from the poster that had her naked body and a snake on it that was in every college dorm in the early 1990s.
2: This movie centers around excommunicated Catholic priest Christopher Lee, who has since set up his own satanic cult slash sect. But they hold
1: back the reveal that it's satanic for quite some time.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. And – there is a young girl, Natas- Nastasia,
1: Nastasia,
2: Nastasia Kinsky, who has been raised in she's their church. I know. Just, okay. Who's been raised in their church, whose father pleads with a local author to take her in until he can figure out how to get her away from their clutches, because it turns out that they are in fact a satanic cult. Who um, she is unaware of this. Yeah. She
1: only knows that they worship our Lord.
2: Yeah, and she's a nun. Dun dun.
1: Right, exactly.
2: So Denholm, I married
1: a soundboard.
2: So Denholm Elliot convinces...
1: Denholm? Yeah. There's no hard age, it's Denim.
2: Denholm Elliot, Denholm. I asked you which one you wanted to do, all right?
1: <laughs> Continue.
2: The guy from Indiana Jones... Right. <laughs> uh, ...goes to Richard Widmark, who is an author on the occult, and asks him to take in his daughter while he figures out how to get the cultists off her back. Literally. Um, and while this is happening we there 's a slow reveal that uh marcus from indiana jones 's wife had the baby and with uh, had became pregnant with the purpose of not selling her but like you know having her be raised by this cult, and then eventually she will become part of this crazy ritual to become the avatar of a demon slash satan slash demon that might just be named satan
1: Astaroth.
2: named Astaroth, much like you know you 've got Pazuzu and the Exorcist who isn't actually the devil—it's just a lesser you demon. You just slam
1: an off onto anything, and it sounds evil.
2: And so that's very pencil true. off, pencil,
1: <laughs> right? Seriously, elbow off, elbow.
2: tequila sunrise off, right? That sounds like a planet in Star Wars. It
1: does, cause, yeah, because you know there's a planet called Calamari. Let's be honest, where people he, live. Yeah, he wasn't—he wasn't, he wasn't uh, racking his brain to come up with creative names. Um, er, er, tequila sunrise off, sure. That's where the jedis of sunrise and death.
2: Uh, He figures out out the truth from both the the girl by piecing together clues and from Marcus from Indiana Jones after he goes crazy. And they work together and he has to battle for her soul against Christopher Lee, who plays a creepy priest.
1: Who's doing some sort of like remote control of her brain and she keeps leaving the house to come see him like to seduce them back
2: so if this sounds kind of complicated and doesn't make any sense by the way
1: she's covered the part that makes sense
2: yeah if this sounds a little jumbled it's because it is the plot itself kind of just it's it's a weak exorcist clone obviously slash rosemary's baby
1: Well, it's not that it lacks for plot. I think there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> I just did not understand what was going on. Uh, yeah, at a certain point, uh, Richard Widmark is taking care of Nastasia Kinski and she keeps wandering out of the house and she keeps having these visions that may or may not be memories of things that happen. Meanwhile, she is in some way connected to Another woman who they sacrificed who had a devil baby or a regular baby. It's actually not very clear in the baby, although there is a devil baby and there is a regular baby in the movie. It's not clear who gave birth to what. Also, she has a memory slash vision of having sex with a statue of Astaroth that was then...
2: On an upside down cross.
1: On an upside down cross, but then it was Christopher Lee having sex with this other woman.
2: So was she upside down too?
1: On the cross? No, she was on the ground. She was right side up, but on the ground.
2: And then her doll was like askew with the...
1: And then she woke up and she saw the thing that anyone who sees this movie will remember from this movie. (laughs) Kate, describe this movie's... If there was a breakout star (laughs) of To the Devil a Daughter, who would it be? You mean aside from her boobs? Well, she was fifteen years old, which is another kind of creepy thing. Yeah, that's thing. really weird.
2: So at one point, she wakes up. I think this is when she's on the altar at the end with Christopher Lee. Well, we
1: see him tw- see see the breakout star twice. Oh, First, yeah. she wakes up from the dream and she sees him in the mirror. I think you were off getting a drink at the time.
2: Oh, all right. So let's just uh, bear with us here. Imagine a, uh, a sock with the.
1: Uh Have you ever seen one of those nature documentaries? About marsupials.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a like good.
1: like possums or kangaroos, and when they give birth, before they 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 crawl up to the pocket, but they're like little pink things with two arms, but they kind of look like ma- mice, but they don't have any hair on them, but they're, they're all a little slimy, and their eyes are kind of closed, like it's like a cross between that and just a baby cat. Yeah,
2: yeah and it crawls up to N- Nastasia's lady regions and may or may not perform sexual favors for her. It's not very or obvious. Or crawl
1: inside her.
2: Yeah, the movie doesn't make much sense.
1: Anyhow, the, there is a devil I believe that is meant to be Astaroth, or like the child embryonic form of uh, Tequila Sunrise-Auth.
2: That the lady gave birth to at the beginning.
1: Right, that or that she's trying to the- get back into the and then, she, right, because she's going to then be the avatar of Astronaut. But
2: my question is, why do they need two babies? Because obviously Nastassia Kinski was a... Well,
1: because he sacrificed the first baby with the blood. But I don't know what that was doing. I'm, I'm explaining a movie that is inexplicable.
2: Yeah, it's true. See, this is what... I mean, like, Josh and I can usually figure out pretty shitty movies, but this is not...
1: It, it was very strange. What did you take from this movie? Um, also, they, were, they had a couple of friends in the movie who screamed like they were going to be... At the last minute, com- Richard Woodmark's character had a couple of English friends who sort of, it was by screenplay structure, they would be the obvious ones to suddenly betray him and be Satanists, but they never were, and they just got murdered by Nastassia Kinski and or, or, lit a- on fire. or lighted on fire by a ghost.
2: Yeah, um, I liked this movie, surprisingly. I mean, it didn't make much sense, but it was entertaining. I liked the the design aesthetic of the movie very much. I mean, there was a phone in the movie that Josh and I (laughs) really want.
1: Yeah, outside of uh, demon opossum larvae. The star of the phone was the uh, very cool early seventies telephones, of which there were a lot.
2: Yeah, this particular one. About like half
1: the scenes involve someone talking to someone else on a telephone. It's
2: actually that's actually startling, startlingly accurate. <laughs> this one, in fact, looked like a giant staple.
1: Yeah, it had a big like right end on Ooh. right angle on the end. It looked very cool. It looked like, uh, yeah, like 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 you could hit somebody with it and hurt them. You Why know? Would you
0: want to hit?
1: Well, because you know, like in detective <laughs> movies back in the old times, like they would pick up a phone receiver Who and did like I hit marry? people. <laughs> So there was that uh the phones were and then the 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 thing that I noticed was this is a completely random point but at one point at the beginning when Richard Widmark calls these completely useless friends of his who are going to end up harboring uh Nastasia Kinsky they're sitting there on the bed when the phone rings and they're playing you know the game mastermind yeah right with it would like it is it is fair I think to say that mastermind has Three, four thousand little pegs mm-hmm. that are involved in playing this game. And they're playing it on, like, their waterbed. Mm-hmm. Like, who plays Mastermind on the bed? You can't play board games of any kind on a bed, let alone Mastermind with all the little pegs. It's, uh, it's like playing Mousetrap on a bed. It just wouldn't work.
2: It was the 70s, Josh. They do Man, things they differently just, back they then. threw
1: the baby out with the bathwater on that one. Oh, and then the other part that I liked was Richard Woodmark is supposedly an expert in satanic cults. Mm-hmm. He's written books about occultism Occultoroth, mm-hmm. and he's describing to his useless british friends modern satanism as he sees it and what he says is 98 percent of it is just for getting sex but two percent of it is really dangerous
2: <laughs> something like that and i feel that these cultists are that two percent they are that
1: two percent uh, yeah this was yeah. not a very good movie this was a. This was not a good movie. It made no sense. It was uh, toward the end of. It's a. It's a Hammer horror production. So like all of those Christopher Lee Dracula movies from the sixties, you know, it's a good British imprint. But by the seventies, I think their distribution deals in the U.S. that had sort of propped them up were going by the wayside because we were just producing our own schlock to put on at drive-ins and stuff. So I think this really looks like an attenuated version of some of the good uh, hammer movies
2: apparently in the original cut you got to see Christopher Lee's penis no we did not get to see it in this version no
1: you are so wrong no
2: it's in it's on really? imdb
1: so let me get this straight: They're okay releasing a movie that contains a naked fifteen-year-old girl. And by the way, <laughs> that's not a naked fifteen-year-old character. That's Nastasia Kinski, who, granted, she was, yeah. granted, was already like a worldwide supermodel. But still, she's completely naked in this movie. Mm-hmm. Notably, that made me feel creepy. Yeah. 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 So, Cool Telephone. If you're into telephones, I'd say watch this movie. Yeah. Or Devil Babies. So, our other movie was 1970- 1976. Or
2: manicures, because every lady had fabulous oh, they manicures. they did. Yeah, but
1: they were also, but they, here's the problem. They had great manicures, but every woman was wearing like a caftan. Because mm-hmm. again, 1976. Laura, does this movie sound appealing in any way to you?
0: No. What, no, it doesn't. What was it
1: that put the final nail on the coffin for you?
0: uh the the idea that uh, Christopher Lee was naked around a 15 year old girl that's like final nail in the coffin i also really am not a big horror fan so i would not be interested in watching it anyway
1: also the uh the ending of the movie <laughs> is so pulled out of the screenwriter's ass like there's this this circle of devils that like Christopher Lee's doing this ritual and he's like you can't come inside the circle. The circle has demon blood and Richard Ridmark's like but I killed your guy with this rock that has his blood on it. Therefore blood defeats blood and I walk, and he, like, he walks into the circle. There's like a
2: circle of like dirt and salt and stuff and he just kicks the circle to disrupt it right. on and the ground. There's, and then there's and like crazy
1: right psychedelia. And
2: then he pressed his Staples easy button. Yes.
1: <laughs> right. And then he grabs. Well that's when naked Nastassia Kinski shows up because Christopher Lee is like don't you want this beautiful new flesh.
2: And he's like, "Oh no. <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah. She's
2: 15, bro. Yeah,
1: and he's, uh, you know. Uh, okay, so that's To the Devil, No Comma, A Daughter. Yep. So our other movie is, now was it Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, or Crazy Mary, Dirty? I think it's Dirty Mary. It's Dirty Mary, because
2: okay. she's so, she's a slut.
1: I think it was more that she was just dirty.
2: She's trailer trash.
1: Like, she wasn't wearing shoes, and everybody in this movie was kind of covered in a f- film of dust. Okay, so this is a standard car chase movie with an anti-hero at the wheel. Peter Fonda is a aspiring NASCAR driver. He and his mechanic buddy decide to stage a sort of penny any heist at a supermarket and then outrun the cops with their souped-up hot rod. They stage the heist. The heist goes pretty well. Uh they rip off an uncredited roddy mcdowell as the store owner Mm. but as they are looking to make their escape the woman that peter fonda had been spending some time with the previous evening uh played by susan george british actress susan george playing california trailer trash in this movie not terribly convincingly uh has stowed away in the back seat of the car that he had stolen from her i believe is the idea is that right
2: so they were trying to get enough cash together to build the ultimate racing machine. Right.
1: But I think she had the keys to the car. Anyhow. He
2: went into like the grocery store or something or the right. gas station. So she, he left the keys Anyhow, in the car. So right. she took the For keys. For plot
1: reasons, she's in the car and comes along on their trip. What follows is a good 60. The first 30 minutes of the heist and getting out of town. Last 60 minutes are car chase with helicopter. I mean, uh, sheriff's deputy played by Vic Morrow, chasing them down eventually in a helicopter and several other souped-up turbo police cars. There are some fun, interesting car chases. These guys are really not terribly clever, which is one of the things that I liked about the movie, that they both Susan George's character and Peter Fonda's character were pretty <laughs> freaking dim. There was one line that I really liked where Peter Fonda and his mechanic buddy were talking, and Peter Fonda says to him, if a man were smart, you know what he'd do right now? And the mechanic says, "No, what?" Peter Fonda says, "I don't know. I thought you know."
2: His friend was cute. I have I a crush on the mechanic.
1: <laughs> you were gonna say something, Laura.
2: I was just gonna comment on the
0: the threat that Peter Fonda uses to, which oh. is, "I'm gonna braid your tits."
1: Yes, that was the the line that I think stuck with all of us from this movie. At one point, when he he frequently gets exasperated with Susan George, and at one point threatens. It that a French braid. I guess it would. No, you couldn't even have gonna. enough braid. What
2: braid your tits even mean? I think you're mean? gonna do like
1: a like a cue, like a. Bruh, 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 bruh.
2: You need three things, things to braid. That's true.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think. Then maybe Peter Fonda is not that up on braiding.
2: I think it's just I'm gonna punch you. I think is what he was trying to say. <sighs> Because he was very pro violence against women, whereas his well, no, buddy, I think he,
1: was, I think he was very pro violence against this woman. I went, hold on, I'm explaining Vic Morrow. Vic Morrow, who is the deputy who's chasing them, he's sort of a rebel deputy. Doesn't really trust the sheriff. Thinks the sheriff is all out to be political and blah blah blah. Because he
2: gets shit done. He right. doesn't care he about gets the awards. Shit done
1: uh, right. So he's the one tasked with chasing these two. Doofuses down, and for the next 60 minutes, they have a series of ever escalating car chases. Toward the end, it is a car versus, at a very low altitude, <laughs> a helicopter. Okay, um, I
0: actually looked up during that
1: part. Right. That was pretty exciting. I have to say it is among the best car versus helicopter chases I've seen. Diminished only somewhat by the fact that Vic Morrow was killed in an on-set helicopter crash while making the Twilight Zone movie.
2: He was literally, like, decapitated by the blades.
1: Right. Mm. Well, you don't have to. There's a couple other things that I... So I liked the... Uh, the things that I liked were the 70s-ness, because I love everything from the 70s. But the the fact that these guys were not terribly bright. I liked the... Vic Morrow character, I thought he was the of all the characters in the movie. I thought he was the best drawn, which was odd because he had you know little, not as much screen time as the yeah. other three. Uh, so I like that, and I really like the helicopter thing. The ending comes completely batshit out of nowhere.
0: You know, uh, in, in Walk Hard, when when the little boy says "ain't nothing gonna go <laughs> wrong today,"
2: <laughs> I don't know what made me think of that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, ain't nothing gonna bad. We made it out. We finally made it out.
2: We're usually okay with spoiling the end of movies. However, I think we're gonna leave this one unspoiled on and just say that it was fabulous. I will say it.
1: that if you're looking to whether uh, to see uh, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, all the information that you need as to whether you're gonna enjoy the movie is on the movie poster.
2: The uh, the one that's featured on IMDb at least.
1: Right. So if you if you see the movie poster and you're like, fuck yeah, I gotta see that movie. <laughs> It's not lying to you. The poster is. Hey, that poster is giving you. That's like the uh, the government nutrition chart of this movie. It has. It's got this much niacin. It's got this much helicopter. It's got this much chick wearing a denim bikini. You know, Explosions, it's got this much Peter yeah. Fonda chewing gum. Oh God,
2: there is not a single scene in this movie. I'm pretty sure that Peter Fonda is not just gnawing away on a piece of gum, like. <laughs> And I'm pretty sure he keeps his sunglasses on the entire movie too. But they're
1: like yellow tinted, uh, Peter Fonda 70, style, yeah, yeah. right? Sunglasses. So I enjoyed this. You didn't enjoy it so much. Oh, also the other thing you wanted to say is this movie is like they use so much '70s lingo that it was basically like watching a foreign film. Yeah. They they would say things like you know, oh daddy, oh I'm gonna sunshine your elbow grease, and it's like I don't what would that mean about anything. And they would just keep using these phrases. Like, I, I find it hard to believe anyone ever actually talked like that, but I didn't understand what they were saying most of the time. This
2: movie was just so ultra-70s to me. Like, I mean, we've said it, and we're going to say it again, is that it was just this pastiche of, like, car chases and grit and, like, se- sepia tone mm-hmm. and denim. Right. And
1: Redneck chic.
2: Women's rights and chases and just Peter Fonda. Vic
1: Morrow being alive. <laughs>
2: oh. I'm gonna break your tits, Lucas.
1: How dare every, you say that? Every bone in your crotch—that's what I'm gonna break. <laughs> that was another of Peter Fonda's insults to uh, to Susan Susan George. Every bone in your crotch—that's what I'm gonna break.
2: I thought it, he was talking to the mechanic when no, he no, said no. that. No, okay. he was talking to Susan George. I mean, thing like okay, um, Peter Fonda has amazing jaw strength. And... Let's just
1: leave it at that. <laughs> no. Hey, do you want to go make some more drinks and yes. then come back? Jesus. Yes. All right. Okay, hey, so explain us to me this week.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. So the cover story this week on us is about Tori Spelling. Apparently her husband of 10 years has cheated on her. Uh, he, they have four kids together, one of whom is like 22 months. What does he do? He's an actor. What is he in? I don't, nothing. Okay. I think he was on um, that show. Law and Order? No. Law and
1: Order Criminal Intent?
2: It was had Sally Field in it. Law
1: and Order Special Victims yeah. No. She was on SVU, though. Well,
2: I'm sure, but this was one that was called... Not Parenthood, but it was called, like... And Anne Heche was in it.
1: I have no clue.
2: Family... I don't know. But the point was is, Is the one not... where
1: Ann Heche got struck by lightning? Or she turned into an angel?
2: No, no. That... Oh, God. I'd forgotten about that yeah. show. No, this was... Struck by
1: lightning, turned into an angel. Yeah. You, it's, know. you know what it is? They're both things that happened to John Travolta. But... No, really. And they did... It was they did the one movie where he got hit by lightning. And then he did the one movie where he got hit by an angel.
2: Either way, he's not very famous. He's uh, m- most famous for being Mrs. Tory Spelling right. or Mr. Tory Spelling. They have four kids together, uh, and apparently he has cheated on her. She's turning into
1: like a drag version of herself.
2: Yeah, you yeah. should see her boobs. No, why? I like boobs. I mean, they are like all kinds of plastic surgery. Well, lumpy and scarred. Yeah, it's her body. Let her do
1: what she wants. But man, she is—they've uh, been a lot of work. Which, you know, maybe she's proud.
2: Yeah, she uh, he cheated on her with a Canadian actress or Canadian... Canadian? I think, who is 28 or 27. Is it one of
1: those whores from Corner Gas?
2: <laughs> what? You was in Corner Gas? No. Okay. So that's the story there. Although, since we have uh, started talking about this, a story has broken on Jezebel about how this is probably fake and they did it just to sell another reality tv series
1: right because that's all that they have done for the last 20 years
2: and written books yeah
1: and did they dance with stars
2: i don't think so but i'd be surprised if they they so
1: did they so they think they could dance
2: no No, that one doesn't have celebrities yeah that one doesn't have celebrities that's actual
1: people did they strictly ballroom
2: that's not on the air is it i don't know when's the last time an episode of strictly ballroom
1: strictly come dancing
2: so moving on from that uh apparently mila kunis is pregnant apparently it's a girl
1: Mm-hmm. I don't really care. Yeah, I'm good. Mazel, Ashton, mazel Tov.
2: I mean, I care insofar as the fact that Ashton Kutcher is procreating, which I'm just kind of anti, but what are you going to do?
1: Okay, so now we have the uh, ongoing Chloe uh, Lamar Odom uh, craziness scandal. Apparently he's gay now. What? Yeah, that's like the big rumor on the internet now.
2: Lamar Odom?
1: Because he was like drunkenly rapping about being on the DL in some YouTube video.
2: Oh, well, he has a lot of problems. He has drug problems. You know, if you are a gay man,
1: I'm happy for you.
2: And if you're interested in a more realistic account of what it means to be on the DL, there's an episode of SVU that you should watch.
1: (laughs) That's the one where we learn Ice-T's son is gay.
2: Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm not gay. I just have sex with men. And then Ice-T delivers the immortal line. I got news for you. That means you're gay. He's barking
1: like the Kool Aid
2: Man. That's all. Kind of he's T he's he's beautiful. Like it's a beautiful show. I right, the thing about
1: Ice T. Like how every one of his lines, it's like it's going down a stairway. Like everything, everything he says, he starts up high and then he ends down low. Like uh, like if if the line was like, uh, we need to go down to evidence and collect some cocaine, it would be like, we need to go down to evidence and collect some cocaine. Like, he, he does that for every line.
2: I do agree that his they go down at the end, but I don't think he starts that high.
1: No, because I'm way higher than well, you're you know, gay actual now. males.
2: You're hey, gay you now. You know what? Gay man
1: talk in all kinds of voices, you fucking bigot.
2: Well, I'm just saying about, you know, your experience.
1: All right. So, uh, yeah. We got <laughs> uh, that, and we got the... Uh, so, she has oh. a new boyfriend, so why do the family hate him?
2: <laughs> they hate him. Mama thinks that he's bad for her. Uh, and his real name, what is it, Kareem?
1: Oh, he's a he's a rapper, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a rapper. Who the most recent thing he's done is the guest verse on.
1: See, okay, so what's his rap name?
2: French something.
1: If you had your notes, we would be able to do this.
2: Well, I found that out. Fine. <laughs>
1: Hold on. <Go> get <laughs> I believe my it was. Fucking phone. French Arizona. French Idaho.
2: French Montana. Is everyone's. it French Montana? Pretty sure it's French Montana.
1: Well, but that just, that sounds way cooler than I thought it sounded when we talked about it.
2: Yeah, it's French Montana.
1: Okay. What part of Montana is that?
2: The French part?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's, they have a film festival, I bet.
2: All right, so Chloe Kardashian is now dating. It's it's right in, next to
1: Chinese Oregon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> She's now seeing French Montana, the rapper, who has a verse on I love ya, poppy. Just one of J Lo's songs. Yeah, th- that it's just
1: som- By the way, that is a song where they uh, abbreviated the word "love" to the word "la." It's a one syllable word that they saw the need to make shorter.
2: Um, anyway, French Montana—that's his rap name. Josh. Mm-hmm. His real name is Kareem Carbouche. Why would you not go by Kareem Karbouche? I don't know.
1: That's like that's like a that's like a villain in a James Bond movie or something. Like th- that guy. That guy Kareem Carbouche has a scimitar. Yeah. Somewhere in his house, Kareem Karbouche has a scimitar. You know what that's like? There's like there's a wrestler in WWE named uh, R-Truth, right? Uh, his real name...
2: Like initial R?
1: Right. The letter R, Truth. Real name, Ron Killings. Why wouldn't you just go as Mr. Killings if you were a wrestler?
2: Maybe he doesn't want people to know his real identity.
1: But everybody, it's, everybody knows their real identity. It's not, uh, you know, he's not working for SD6 or something. Mr. Killings, Mr. Killings is coming for you.
2: Whoa! Apparently, Mr. Carbouche is uh, still married to his wife and hasn't separated yet. So I guess him and Chloe are kind of going through some shit together. French
1: Montana of the Montana Montanas. Yes. What's his wife's name? Dean. Dean Montana.
2: Dean Carbouche. Their son's name is Cruz with a K.
1: Cruz Carbouche or Cruz Montana? (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's his montana please montana's his stage name right Carbouche.
1: come on kareem Carbouche. that is the best name ever
2: mm, and apparently he was seeing rapper trina for a while anyway the point is is that the mom just thinks that he's bad for chloe yeah chloe you know, needs her. to take some time off and focus She's a fucking, on herself they're all fucking
1: idiots um okay, and then we got royals down here, yeah, uh they're uh, Kate and Will are having another baby.
2: will kind of hinted in an interview recently that they want to make their family bigger, which means of course she's praggers no
1: I don't um pre- how who old says Praggers How
2: old is the baby now? Have I told
1: you how much I hate that word,
2: yeah, I know Prago, do you prefer Prago? no
1: no, I prefer great with child. <laughs> No, but really Preggers is a horrible it for, it's like
2: it infantilizes. It's like knock yeah, it's like knocked like, up.
1: It's like knocked up uh is also uh So uh they get this picture here. How old is he?
2: 31?
1: Because in this picture, I swear to God, he looks like Captain Stubing from the Love Boat. <laughs> like he is basically bald.
2: He he should probably just embrace or just go with a high and
1: tight like everybody else who's balding. Does. That's what I'm
2: saying. Like he should just embrace it. I mean like he kind of like physically peaked I think when he was like 18.
1: Like that picture like that guy right there is like regional vice president for like a uh, target.
2: Mhm. You know. Yeah, I like agree. that
1: that's what he looks like.
2: I also kind of wonder I mean like Charles still has all his hair. So, I don't know. I hope it doesn't happen to Harry cuz Harry's my favorite. He's
1: like he's like a chemical engineer at Monsanto but like not like one of the ones who does really good science he's like a manager who like he did shitty science but he knew how to play the game and got promoted to Mm -hmm. like you know fertilizer division chairman (laughs) at monsanto so like the good scientists work under him making fertilizer but he like knows how to play the game that's that's what will looks like so they're making another baby maybe i hope they name it shaka shaka prince shaka
2: shaka windsor
1: yeah It'd Shaka be even better if they they hadn't changed their name to Windsor.
2: What was their name originally?
1: Sax Cobra Oh
2: oh oh oh.
1: They okay. changed it in World War One because it oh. was too German sounding.
2: No, I okay yeah no I know what you're talking about. I thought you meant like they had a secret under. I don't like their last name is really Johnson but come or on, something. Shaka
1: Sax Cobra That would be that is as good as Kareem Cartouche. Carbouche. Carbouche. Or Cartouche. Bartouche. Scooby douche misty rainwater douche
2: so you have any questions about us weekly this week josh should i explain it fully to Uh, you
1: well now i want to look at the people style watch that you sort of cut off below it whose hair is that
2: um it's probably gwyneth paltrow who knows oh fuck that shit okay
1: i had a guy stick a finger up my butt today (laughs) (laughs) what i was at the doctor i'm Uh, 40 years old
0: not at a like a phone booth
1: No, no. This was purely sanitary. I learned my lesson that time. Uh, Yeah, my doctor. Forty years old. Turn forty. They stick a finger up your butt.
2: What were they? They just did it. They didn't. They weren't testing for anything. They're like, well, it's Logan's run now. You got to bend over and take it up the butt. It's
1: Logan's butt.
2: Just one finger. Logan's
1: prostate.
2: (laughs) Oh, so they were feeling your prostate. Yes. How is your prostate?
1: A-okay ladies and My wife is sitting right here
2: I, I am glad that your prostate
0: is, is just fine
2: Laura I hate to break this to you But this is definitive proof that he's become gay He caught the gay
1: well,
0: well it had to happen sometime
1: That's true I will tell you this Gents if you're listening They do use lube when they stick the finger Up, up your butt
2: <laughs> They do that with ladies too When you go to your lady doctor I know
1: I have a lot more sympathy for you ladies now
2: so they also insert a plastic gun right. and crack open. And like, like
1: metal jaws of like,
2: <laughs> life. <laughs> and then they the scrape your cervix. Terrible things, yes. Nope. Yeah. It's
1: scrape. A scrape. scrape. I know. It's called a scrape. They don't even bother like giving it a name. It's a cervical scrape, right?
2: They certainly do not.
1: Yeah. Scrape.
2: All right. Ugh. Did you see this week's Paw Patrol?
1: No, it's not it's not on yet. It's coming back. It's well, I uh, thought, been on hiatus. Oh, it was a rerun. Yeah.
2: Was it one of those episodes that I missed?
1: Style down the acting, Sally. It's uh, it's been on hiatus, and it's coming back. I think uh, in a couple of weeks. You know, after the uh, the the controversy over the mis uh, the casting when they got rid of uh, of Zach, they, I think they are they're sort of reeling. So it'll be interesting to see how they recover from that. And Laura's a big fan of of Paw Patrol.
0: Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, I, I really like the uh, the episodes with the. Um I don't know sorry you should have told me i would have thought about it but
2: you didn't so i didn't that's
1: okay when they did that special puppet episode which is weird given that they're all puppets anyway
2: well you know it was like one of those you know how like community will like do like you know episodes where they right. g- generate into different mediums mm-hmm. like it was like that with Paw Patrol, right but they
1: were already like, puppets it was
2: like double puppets it was really weird
1: right they were like they looked exactly really high. the same
2: as far as christmas specials go it wasn't the best but you know yeah All right, Josh. Did
1: I mention that I had a finger up my butt today?
2: You have, and I've been making fun of you for it mercilessly ever since you told uh,
1: me. You know, and the thing, here's the thing. When they uh, tell you this, it's not like going, I'm guessing, going to the gynecologist would be. Because basically, you know, if my wife is any indication.
2: Lady doctor.
1: You you know, you're preparing yourself mentally for weeks uh, before you head on in. Is that, is that you, you kind of know roughly what's coming, but you're, there's like a, an element of anticipation.
0: Well, I'm also crazy about the doctor, and not the. I'm I'm crazy about the doctor. Right. I'm mad about the boy. Right, you don't like to doctor. go to. Well, you know, I don't
1: think any women like to go to the <laughs> to the lady doctor. But uh, it, with my guy, it was a little different. Uh, you know, he was doing all the tests. Uh, and uh, well, first of all, here's the thing. Okay, so they do the normal tests, and and by the way, they don't have you disrobe like at the start. Okay, so he's doing the normal tests, so you think you're gonna get away with like he's just listening to your listening, yeah. doing the stethoscope on the back, you know, looking down your throat, looking in your ears, massaging your balls. Nah, just wait. You think that he's gonna get that, and then he goes, okay, well, uh, you need I need you to uh, drop drop your trousers, because I'm gonna you know check for hernia. So. At first, I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, he's going to just go in. He's just going to scoop in. I can leave my underpants on. Okay? Because I've had doctors, by the way, who will just scoop in. They won't make you take the whole underpants off and leave you there in all your glory. Right?
0: Well, wouldn't you know if you had a hernia?
1: Well, no, because apparently there's this real small one. That's what they're doing. That's why, by the way, that's what the turn your head and cough is. Huh. They don't make you talk, do that anymore. But. So yeah, I've had doctors who just sort of discreetly, like, like, you know, like in the movie theater, like you're trying to cop a feel in the movie theater, just sort of like slide in and scoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my current doctor, my new doctor, it was just I, – so I, I, I dropped my shorts and he was like, no, you got you to gotta get them all off. He you didn't
2: even—he didn't buy you dinner first, or anything. no? There was no cuddling. Just, like, just take it. What? Well,
1: no, hold on. So, so he gets those, and I'm like, fine. You know, I knew that was—that's an inevitable part since I was 12 years old. There's always been the, hey, check out, uh, you know, your uh, your munitions, you know, <laughs> what <laughs> your ordnance. <laughs> uh, so that was—I I expected that—is what I'm saying. Okay, but then. I had not put one and one together that apparently when you turn 40, they got to do this. And he's like, okay, now I'm going to need you to, I'm going to need you to just bend over and go on the table. I gotta, I gotta feel your prostate. It was just boom. It was like that. It was, uh, and then I go, uh, okay. And I'm like, I bet this is the, there's a highlight of it. You know, I'm bet this is as fun for you as it is for me. And, uh, but my point being, you know, while I have no doubt that the lady doctor experience is much less pleasant, You do have the advantage of being mentally prepared, whereas it was literally just like it was like I was going in for a driver's license Mm -hmm. and they had said, you know, do the eye test, Mm -hmm. sign the card, Mm -hmm. drop your trousers and bend over and I'm sticking a finger up your butt.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, with the lady doctor, they actually um, they they talk you through it the entire time you're doing you're doing it. They're like, okay, now I'm going to ask you to put your feet in the stirrups. Okay, now I'm, uh, like I'm going to gently insert my finger and um, we're going to insert the speculum. The plane after has that.
1: now reached a cruising like, altitude. <laughs>
2: like they talk you through it because I think they're so afraid of sexual harassment. Less tense, less tense.
1: Really, like light up?
2: Spread your knees. <laughs> Okay, all right, now I'm going to ask you to lift your right arm above your head like this. Whoa, gonna... whoa, whoa, what does
1: your arm have to do with anything? Because you do
2: this when they fill your boobs.
1: Oh, but can't they do that once your pants are back up?
2: Uh, it's when you still have your gown on so they can get right on in there. Okay. And yeah. then they do this and they, that's when my lady doctor, um, who wasn't a lady, but he was a lady doctor.
1: Also, you're one of the only women I know who goes to a man lady doctor. I
2: used to. I don't, I mean, my lady doctor in where we live is a lady doctor, a yeah. lady lady doctor. My first lady doctor was a guy and he was really attractive and it was problematic. I feel bad um, for
1: those guys. That's like a hard business to be in these days. <laughs> to except be a male. he
2: obviously went into it for a reason. Well, I think, you know, I think not, not, male
1: obstetricians still have business, but I think male gynecologists, like, it's getting to be a tough racket,
2: I'm not saying that he went into it so he could look at vaginas all day, although he might have. I'm saying that he went into it because that's the medicine that he wanted I
1: to think, do. But you know what? I think that's like working in porn or like working at the animal shelter. At a certain point, you just become so numbed to vagina yeah. that it's like, you know, it, it's nothing. You know, you'd be um, looking at a playing card.
2: True. Um, I. It is weird, though, because like. I, I will say there's... You You may counter me on this since you had a, a finger up your butt today. But I'm going to go ahead I and... Did I mention that?
1: That I had had a finger up I'm gonna butt? I'm going to go ahead
2: and counter it. There is nothing quite as surreal or as awkward as having someone massage your ovaries both inside and outside and asking you about what your parents do for a living. Yeah,
1: I'm going to... Is... It, so, so is this like some kind of sort of phrenology? How they can sort of tell what these feel? Yeah, your okay. I'm over here on the left. Your mother is a banker. Okay, and I'm one no. you you're on the on the right. I think I think your dad he's a fireman. A, an arson investigator.
2: So he's massaging my boobs, and he's like, "So what do you think about studying in school?" And I'm just sitting there with my arm over my head, going, "I don't know, maybe psychology." Like you know.
1: Mm. So I didn't know until you'd mentioned that, by the way, that they, that. And you know, I'm not an idiot about ladies anatomy, but I did not know that you could actually uh palpate the ovaries from like up inside the business. Yep. That's like way the fuck up in there.
2: Not really. The uterus is only like a fifth size and then the ovaries are like right there.
1: right, but then you so you're going you're going, you know, you 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 know there's the lobby mm-hmm. and so you, there's the lobby, right? <laughs> and then, you know, there's the waiting room. Mm-hmm. But then the ovaries are back in the clinic.
2: No. Well, let's they're at least all lo- go to the lobby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's all go to the lobby. Okay, so if you're enjoying listening to this show and want to get in touch with us, a little housekeeping, you can get up with us at pntcast at com. We're on the web at pntcast at com. We're on Facebook if you search for prefer not to. We're on Twitter at at pntcast. And we're on Tumblr, if you are a member of the Internet Justice Patrol, at pntcast.tumblr.com. What are you doing to this beverage? By the way, it is it has gotten more delicious, the Tequila Sunrise, in its second go-round. I think my... Initial embarrassment at drinking something that I would like imagine James Kahn drinking <laughs> in like a sort of you know where he's wearing like some white corduroy bell butt bottoms and like a, a, cham- sexy. a chambray shirt that's unbuttoned all the way down to and, like, his, like his navel. Ha- his
2: chest hair is just right. Like, chest popping hair out. just
1: popping out. Maybe he's got like even like a straw boater or something. Stop it. I know. It's all love. <laughs> but my point is, um, I was initially embarrassed to be drinking this, but now that I've gotten past, if you will, my conophobia, I'm enjoying it quite a bit.
2: Um, to answer your question, I was uh, licking the extra grenadine off the base of the of the glass, because yeah. when you do the grenadine sprinkle, a lot of it gets on the side, and it was sticky, and it kept getting on my fingers, so I was like, I'm just going to nip this in the bud by licking the glass. Um, Tell
1: that to the gynecologist. Mm. The now you're picturing sunrise. James Caan... Scraping your cervix, and that's that's just wrong.
2: That is not at all where my mind went at all. (laughs) Uh, I was just going to say that if this is supposed to be a hangover cure, like I can't think of anything I would rather not encounter the morning after. Maybe you'll
1: never get hungover if you never stop being drunk.
2: I'm saying, in terms of drinks, I'd like tequila is not something I want to see the morning after, especially if I have had a raging bender in Mexico. I'm probably just going to be like,
1: so in. According to Prophecy, we have yet another week with no letters to the editor. Mm-hmm. In which case, I'm going to read a letter to a newspaper somewhere in America about a topic that I find entertaining or illustrative. In this case, I think it's both. This is a letter from the Colfax Record in Colfax, California. And the headline is Nothing Eats a Mountain Lion. What animal lovers don't realize is that lions are the top of the food chain. Nothing eats a mountain lion. When I walk on popular hiking trails with my granddaughters, I must be constantly wary of being stalked or attacked, so I walk them together in a bunch. Give us a break. Every female lion has at least one cub every year, which grows the population by compound numbers. Some have two. Their population is not shrinking. They are no longer afraid of humans, and if you don't believe me, go for a walk in the woods or behind the school. I used to fly radio-controlled airplanes on the bluff, but now I must watch my back there as well. Yes, I have been stalked there. The California Department of Fish and Wildlife is not managing the issue well. Remember, nothing kills or eats a mountain lion. It is up to humans to keep things in order, or nature will continue to make adjustments on the human side of the coin. And that's from Dennis Gregory of Auburn. Be able to sleep tonight?
2: I think I'll be fine. Oh, wow. well,
0: we have that same problem. Only we have it with uh, white-tailed deer.
1: Yeah, but the difference there <laughs> yeah. is that uh, there coyotes. is there is no alpha predator for the deer. They these guys are the alpha predator,
2: <laughs> which is not to say that they're not going to be
1: tempered think,
2: by natural selection, or at the very yeah. least, human enforcement and encroachment on their. You know, speaking
1: of mountain lions,
2: on their habitat.
1: Speaking of mountain lions, yes. that is the uh, food lion brand of Mountain Dew is Mountain Lion. And X and I used to uh, be connoisseurs of store and generic brand Mm -hmm. beverages. Dr. Perky?
2: So I used to, um, and I still do as a cuss word when I'm at work where I cannot swear, if I, like, drop something on my toe where you know, I hurt myself or if I'm just frustrated, I'll just say, like, ah, Shasta Cola. But mm-hmm. for the longest time, I did not realize that was actually a off-brand version of Dr Shasta? Really? Shasta. Why did you think it was? <laughs> I just said Shasta, like because it reminded me of Shanta. Like I'm guessing yeah. like I heard it.
1: Well, the thing is, and you don't see them a lot anymore. It's a grade between store brand and uh, name brand. It was mm-hmm. it was a sort of mid-grade. Sh- your Shastas, your Fantas. Uh, but those don't exist anymore.
2: Right. But
1: seriously, if you want to if you, you it's just start start looking go into your your supermarket and fig- figure out what their their Mountain Dew imitation name is. Their Dr Pepper imitation name is and uh their Mr. Pibb imitation name is.
2: Oh, Mr. Pibb! Wow, that's one I haven't heard in a while.
1: Mr. Pibb is delicious.
2: I know it's my favorite soda, but it's not out there very often.
1: Well, it's like it's like a, it's like if a root beer and Dr. Pepper sort of uh, sneaked out of class and met up behind the gym mm-hmm. in ninth grade, mm-hmm. and then like about and
2: one stuck right, together. The four ones, months later,
1: and then four months later, Pepper. I guess Pepper is the woman because Mr. Pibb is a guy.
2: But she's a doctor, so she can't be a woman. I can't
1: operate on this soda. It's my chun.
2: <laughs> Laura, what do you think about the encroaching <laughs>
0: mountain lion problem in America? I guess he said California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not my problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think of the tequila sunrise, Laura?
2: I. Uh, oh, hey, I we got to do get less
1: one. magazine, don't we?
0: It was fine.
2: Okay. I feel like this, sorry, going back to this, I feel like this particular author looks at cougars like they're, like, the fucking Predator. Like, he goes out, he's like, I have been
1: stalked. You mean, like, Predator with a capital P.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, the Predator.
1: Like, with the 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 dreadlocks.
2: We all know who the Predator is, Josh.
1: It's Randy Orton. He's the apex Predator.
2: I wasn't going to go there. All right.
1: <laughs> all right. So, as always, we've enjoyed spending some time with you. and. Hope you'll spend some time with us again next week when our beverage will be god only knows what, but we are moving into the summer. We've gotta to get to the gins and the bubbles and the fizzes and the rickies. As always, I've enjoyed spending some time with you and we hope you'll do it again.
2: Um yeah, ditto.
1: <clears throat> it's Laura, she's mucking with our timing. Yeah. My wife Sorry. just made a sad face. Laura,
2: say goodbye to the people. Goodbye, people. Alright, and thank you for listening.
1: Nothing kills or eats a mountain lion.